Hi, I'm Lucas James. And I'm Jordan Ross. And we're the co-hosts of How to Scale an Agency. After scaling our own agencies to over $185,000 per month in sales and working with agencies doing hundreds of millions of dollars in revenue like Hawk Media and Neil Patel, we've made this show to interview the top digital marketing agency owners and highlight the fastest ways to scale your agency. If you'd like to join the best digital marketing agency community on the planet and let us help you scale, go to twiz.io to sign up today. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of How to Scale an Agency. I'm on with the Adam McChesney. He is a senior owner at Height Digital, and he owns the franchise in St. Louis. And Height Digital, if you're not familiar, is a really solid marketing agency that works with people across the United States and globally. And Adam is a serial entrepreneur, and he posts a lot of content, puts a lot of stuff out there, and uh, we're really excited to have him on the show today. So thank you so much, Adam. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me on, man. Super excited to be here. So tell me, I think the first thing that's on my mind when I hear about Height Digital is your guys' unique structure because you think about companies like McDonald's having franchises and I don't remember if the word that you guys would describe yourself is a franchise or not. I I can't remember how you guys distinguish it, but could you explain for the listeners how that works with with how you guys set everything up and how Height Digital operates with uh, different branches and things like that? Yeah, so High Digital is definitely a franchise in every way that you look at it. The easiest way that I explain it uh, in the terms of digital marketing, because we're the only ones that are doing it right now, is we're kind of bridging the gap and bringing regulation to an unregulated industry. So if you think about digital marketing, the barrier to entry is literally minimal. And you see agencies and freelancers of all shapes and sizes. And so when it comes to growing and scaling a marketing agency, there's a variety of different factors that go into that. But when it comes also to working with the end client, you really have two different worlds. You have the small boutique agencies or freelancers that have their own pros and cons. And then you have the large agencies that we essentially are with our model. And you have those those pros and cons as well. So to the end client, we kind of offer a lot of those pros and mostly pros to both of those things. Right. So for myself at Height Digital St. Louis, we have clients all over the world. I don't just work here in St. Louis, but I have about 140 clients that we're mm-hmm. currently working with and I have a customer facing team. Yeah. So I have account managers, I have a VP, I have a salesperson, product manager, all those things. And then all of the 29 locations that we have at height, we're all pooling together our fulfillment. So that way we don't have to carry 200 full-time team members on right. staff with the payroll, with the benefits, the, the taxes, yeah. all of those different things. But we have specialists in every given category there. It helps out the agency owners. Like I've grown tremendously since I've joined height, right. but it also helps the end client too, because they kind of get the best of both worlds. So this is something that a lot of the listeners to the show, which is predominantly marketing agencies. I mean, we have thousands of marketing agents listening to the show. They want to know how to, because you're you're not a sales rep, you're an owner of this business. But one thing that I think is really cool is you guys have done something that I've actually been thinking of doing with my senior sales people, which is to make their own website and kind of have this brand around them and have it sort of attached to the main brand. And, uh, I'm assuming, but I don't know for sure, that there's probably a similar strategy in place with every one of the owners of the different uh, locations. Again, I don't know that for sure. I'm just making a conjecture. But 
the reason this is applicable to the people who listen to the show is whether they have a franchise model, which they probably don't because like you said, you guys are the only ones doing it, or they just have a large sales team, you could take the same approach. I mean, there's no reason that a salesperson shouldn't have their own website that looks incredible and makes them have more authority when they go and they talk to people. Because usually when you think of a salesperson or you think of somebody who's higher up in a company, they're underneath the brand, but maybe the prospect would listen more to like the, the CEO of the company, right? But mm. if you have each person, you elevate them and you make them, make them as, as cool as possible with as much content as possible, then you can get them to the same level as like the CEO of the company. That's what you want. Because at the end of the day, you want everyone to command a premium when they sell to their prospects. You want them to trust you and things like that. So I'm assuming, was this a, a, a conscious strategy or did you already have this website beforehand and you, you just tied it all together? Or is this like part of the strategy essentially? Yeah. So I had my personal brand going back to even before height. So I have grown my agency the fastest of any of the height franchises were the largest right. by like three or four X of any of them. Right. And so one of the key success key successes that I've had is growing my agency through personal branding. We brought on 28 new clients last month in our agency and all of that stuff is from my personal brand. Since I kind of helped build that blueprint at height, we now do that for every single franchise that comes right. in. So everybody gets their own website, personal brand, they get a strategy behind that in order to grow their business because so many marketing agencies are going that traditional route of how do we acquire new clients? Yeah. Most of the time it's paid ads, you know, building out different offers, cold direct messages, cold calling, cold emailing. And it's, it's effective to a degree if you're doing it right, but it also brings a lot of headaches and issues. Now I'm not going to say we don't have right. headaches and issues because we do, but they're different headaches and issues. Client yeah. acquisition for us primarily hasn't been a problem when it has come to my agency. I have a prediction here for anybody listening to the show. I do think that you guys at Height Digital, I think you guys will end up being one of the bigger agencies. I know you're on your way there already. I've interviewed some massive agencies on the show and they kind of follow a similar formula. But at the end of the day, the thing that ends up differentiate some of the fastest growing agencies right now from the previously fast growing agencies is just a different kind of model or different kind of strategy. And I think the fact that you, you know, can make the same burger every time and it's not going to change and it's the same level of production, right? That's a huge deal. And I think you guys could seriously grow and scale. Now, one thing that's been a common conversation in the community, there's two, two big things. One uh, I want to talk about is value offers. So I've spoken to really big companies. Like I talked to the uh, CEO of GMAS uh, about two weeks ago. They have 1.5 million users. And I've talked to like the C, uh, CMO of Scorpion, which does like $150 million a year in revenue, SaaS companies, also marketing agencies. One thing they both told me was they don't really lead with the sales pitch when they try to bring on a new prospect. Instead, what they do is they try to lead with something valuable that's going to get them to opt in. And they do more of like demand generation first in order to get them interested. And then once they talk to them and they talk to the team, they're likely to opt into the sales call. Do you guys follow a similar model or are you guys more um, leading with the direct sales pitch when you try to get new business? What's the strategy for you guys that's been working? So it's really been through my content. So I leverage social media heavily. Most of my clients come from Facebook and I connect with business owners 
that I want to be doing business with. And then I start to produce content that is directly related to what they want to know the most. So I post twice a day, every single day on Facebook, once a day on Instagram, once a day on LinkedIn, and I'm not pitching them marketing services. I'm pitching them who I am as an entrepreneur and what it is like to do business with us. And then when I do talk about digital marketing, it's only about 10% of the time, but I always tell a story behind it. Right. And so the relationship is that much better from the beginning. Cause a lot of these people have been watching my content for a while. And then they just decide, Hey, like a guy hopped into my DMS this morning and he's been following me for 18 months and now he's yeah. ready to do business together because yeah. he didn't know, like, or trust me yes. 18 months ago. Cause he didn't know who I was. So we have a unique way of going about doing it. Not that other people also aren't doing it, but if you go to most marketers, social media profiles, it is all a cold, it is all a cold sales pitch. You literally go to every other post and the banner on their, their, their Facebook and their Instagram is here's how I can get you 10 to 20 new booked appointments a month. And then they're going to the Facebook groups and they're saying the exact same type of things. Whereas I don't do any of that. When someone is looking for a digital marketer of some sort in any of these groups, I'm tagged multiple times in some of the largest groups uh, across the internet. It's because I'm not selling people and I'm not trying to have that cold sales pitch. I let my content do the work. And then when people are ready, they come to me. Hi, this is Lucas James. Are you struggling to get meetings booked with potential prospects for your agency? I'll tell you what, when I first started, I had the same issue, but I was able to A-B test hundreds of different variations of copy on multiple channels and figured out a secret formula to convert anyone from anywhere into taking a meeting with me. I've mastered this approach and now my agency, Twiz, books meetings on autopilot. Last year, we booked 1,731 meetings, closed 234 accounts, and generated $1.72 million in revenue. I want the same thing for your agency, so I've decided to give away some of my best performing outbound copy scripts for free. That's right, absolutely free. If you want to transform your business for free, go to scale.twiz.io to get your free lead scripts today. That's scale.twiz.io scale s c a l e dot twiz dot i o now back to the show that's really interesting so how do you guys well one tiny question do you post the content directly to those sites or do you use like hootsuite or buffer to schedule out the content yeah so i I just post directly to the sites and that's an important question because i think a lot of times when people post um they see like diminished views sometimes when they use these tools yeah, and I for the first year posting because I didn't do any content or social media really before this year. I mean, I had this podcast kind of, but I didn't really do anything else. And it was all just outbound for me before. And I've since learned that's not always the best thing to do. But point is that the first year of doing content, I approached it with a very high volume, like just do as much content as possible. I scheduled it on Hootsuite and all over the place. And uh, I did notice that I did get some stuff to go viral, but most of the stuff that did really well, I kind of just like posted myself. And uh, it's interesting to hear that you're doing something similar because, yeah, when you start to use like these tools, it, it can sometimes uh, limit your reach, I've noticed. Is there any, a lot of times what people do is they'll post content, they'll start to build an audience, and then they'll out of nowhere get banned or, or suspended for something they don't even know happened to them. That's a common thing that happens inside our community is like, 
they'll just be posting and something they said or something triggers the algorithm or something they did or whatever. Do you have any like cautionary notes or things to just follow as you try to scale volume on these platforms or scale impressions or views that like you'd say, Hey, maybe avoid doing this kind of stuff on Facebook or Instagram or LinkedIn. What's been your kind of rules of thumb? Yeah. Uh, I think it's pretty simple. Don't be stupid. <laughs> uh, so yeah. knock on, knock on, knock on wood. I haven't had any issues there, but I think most people, you know, end up doing something that they know why, like they say they don't know why they got suspended or banned or, or blacklisted or whatever, but they, they kind of know, right. I just keep it simple, right? I don't do anything over the top. I talk about the things that as I, like when I'm adding these business owners, these business owners are no different than me. They're running a contracting company. They're running an e-commerce business. They're, they're doing whatever it is. Right. right. But at the end of the day, business is business. So I still got to pay taxes. I still got to hire and fire people. I still got to bring on clients. I still got to market myself. I got to do all of those things. So when they know that I open up the curtain to what I'm going through and they're like, okay, this is just another dude and not just another marketer. It's huge. Right. We also like, I've also built other businesses like an auto glass company and the landscape design company specifically from SEO and nothing else. We're the number yeah. one result when it comes to digital marketing in St. Louis with our sub URL website. We know what yeah. we're doing, right? So our right. actions, the content, those types of things speak volumes when we're in a very, very muddied market where everybody's cr- kind of trying to do the same thing. 100%. Yeah. And I mean, I've, I've kind of been victim to trying to change things too much instead of just focusing on the core strategies that make us different and then just not changing them and just doing them every single day, but doing them in a way that differentiates me over the long run and doesn't get me distracted or anything like that. So it's interesting to hear your perspective on that. I am curious, how did someone like JC get grab you as a talent? Because if I'm thinking like, you're not a sales rep, you're the owner of the business, so it's different, but like you're put, you're, you're, you're part of this business and, and you have your own business stream and you have your own book of business, right? I am always bringing on new talent constantly. I'm always thinking of ways that I can attract new people to my business. So what was attractive about Digital? What got you wanting to work with this company to franchise and do stuff like that? What was your interest? So for me, I was mostly the one that was building the websites, doing the SEO, and then a little bit of paid ads. So I was the bottleneck to, to growth, right? I could only take on X number of clients. And then I started hiring virtual assistants and trying out different white label companies. And then I just became, you know, a glorified account manager, project manager, sales rep, whatever you want to call it. So I had people literally waiting to do business with me. And then I knew one of the other franchisees at the time. And he's like, Hey, you got to check this out. I understand what you're going through. It sounds like it could be something that would be beneficial to you. And I heard it and I'm like, man, this sounds way too good to be true. It doesn't fix all my problems, but it fixes a lot of my bottleneck issues almost overnight by just having a team that, as you mentioned, can put out the same burger every single time. I can sell one client a month or I can sell 28 like I did last month. And I don't have to worry about hiring the amount of SEO people, web designers, et cetera. That's all done within the pool of the franchise system. Yeah. So for me, those were the biggest aspects and it allowed me to step into the sales role specifically. I was doing about $30,000 a month in revenue before I came over to height a, a little over a year and a half ago. We just hit 200K in our agency in December. Never would yeah. I have been able to do that 
without a lot of issues and a lot of salespeople if I didn't make the transition over to height. That's really interesting. And you know, what's, what's fascinating about that is um, 30,000 seems to be the number that most people plateau without a uh, scalable operational infrastructure that doesn't involve them. I've noticed it's about 30,000. So it is kind of interesting you say that. And I will say too, like one of my, the average agency in our community does about $50,000 a month in revenue. And so they're actually in the process of hiring like people who can lead some of the sales motions uh, in the business. And so one thing I'm curious about with, with you, and, and again, you're unique because you're an owner and a lot of other people who are leading the sales motions and growing the business, they're, they're not because that's not the way their marketing agency is designed. But when it comes to, you know, how you onboard clients that you've closed or your team is closed, how do you do that? Are you involved at the beginning for the first month to make sure that it's a smooth onboarding? Do you guys get a commission or a cut of the ongoing revenue from a client? The main reason I ask this question is because there's kind of two schools of thoughts with agencies as they scale their sales team. One is they will kind of like have the sales reps put the clients in operations and then operations sort of takes it from there. And there really is no overlap. Other people have ongoing management for a certain period of time from the sales rep to make sure that the person is still happy and okay and like getting results and feels really connected to the team. And a lot of times the sales rep is responsible for making sure that by any means necessary in the first month, the client is successful, right? So that way the client doesn't churn, you know? So is yeah. that kind of how you guys have it structured or what is the way that you guys typically look at it? So I hired my first salesperson when we were doing $150,000 a month in revenue. So she has came on since then. She's been with us for about six months. Still, when I sell a client or when she sells a client, she is on that initial onboarding call to pass off the transition in the ownership of that relationship. So we also have our VP who is in the, the CEO role or the integrator role within our company. And then we have the account manager on there as well. We're introducing multiple layers of support on that call and ideally getting the communication away from the sales rep or for me as business owner over to the team that's going to handle them the best. We're not going away by any means, but I also think that most people that are hiring sales reps are doing it the wrong way. Now, I'm not saying we do it the right way, but they're very, very uh, motivating to, it's very, very motivating to sales reps to just get through as many clients as they possibly can. Hey, I want to onboard. I want to onboard. I want to onboard. And then that leads to churn issues because it's unrealistic expectations. They normally are uh, very, very time consuming for the rest of the team, right? Which then creeps into your profits and all those things. So we uh, pay our our sales rep a a pretty decent base um, with some bonuses and obviously commissions and things like that. But we always had it in the future of, hey, this is going to be a key member of our team, which is why we waited to 150,000. So that way I'm not sitting there like, oh my gosh, you have to hit X, Y, and Z number in the first month, first 90 days, or you're gone. Because then when you put those stipulations in place, they're going to start selling the wrong people into your organization. And so I just think most marketing agencies, it's an ongoing issue. They struggle figuring out when to bring on a sales rep, how to compensate them and what that transition looks like from account ownership when it comes to sales rep to account manager. Yeah, it is interesting. I think um, one model that I've been playing around with is 
to have these because we our typical client is paying us about 4k a month usually is the average so when i look at it i'm, I'm looking at it saying okay where does the buck stop with the client? Like when people try to pass off the responsibility on the onboarding process, where does that stop? What I've been theorizing and it's been working a lot so far, cause you know, we've gone through a lot of evolutions with our agency and now it's kind of like, if the client isn't getting results quickly or at least fast enough, then it's kind of up to the salesperson slash project manager. Cause we do a lot of lead gen. So it kind of makes sense. But like, it's up to them to get them results, right? Because they get that ongoing commission from the client and they don't want them to churn. So one of the models we're doing is for the first three months, the sales rep gets a commission and they don't get the full commission unless the client stays for three months, because then they're going to do everything possible to keep that client. And it's always annoying to go get a new client. So it's like, you kind of have to be involved. So it is interesting here. You say that. I definitely think that is the biggest problem with people as they try to scale, as they just focus on onboarding too much and they're not really focusing on maintaining those relationships because the difference between having someone stay for six months and 12 months is an enormous difference ltv and and everything it's really cool to hear you say that but i guess where can people go to learn more about you adam and uh is it just your website anywhere else would be good yeah, they can go to my website, adammcchesney.com. You can see everything about Hype Digital, all the other stuff I'm doing, uh, as well as social links. Uh, the easiest social platform to get a hold of me at is going to be on Instagram, and my handle is Adam L. McChesney. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Adam. I really appreciate you being on the show. For everybody who's listening to this, Adam's been able to scale from an agency that was doing $30,000 before joining as a franchise owner at Hype Digital to now $200,000 last month. He brought on 28 new clients last month, which is phenomenal. And he just hired a new sales rep once he hit $150,000 in sales. They have an amazing business. They focus on building content, an amazing brand. So for anyone who's interested in working with Adam or has any interest in referring business over to Adam, Go to the website, go to their Instagram and connect with them and stay in the loop. So Adam, I appreciate it. Thank you so much.